0: You are technology <laughs> <laughs> if it if it was made of bricks and needed design, you'd have been okay with it wouldn't you not not my forte that one technology okay so uh we are five or six minutes into it Stuart. so what I've okay. done uh what I've done is' just gone through a bit of an introduction uh to everybody that's tuned in and listening. and what I've done is um talked about um how we first met and how i went off and kind of found out about you did a little bit of googling found out about you know you found a javelin bar your mindset and you've helped some people out some of the homeless people and your passion about the city and things like that so i've talked for five minutes um, yeah. so we've got a number of questions and we've got quite a few people that are listening and it's free-flowing and it's about what you want to talk about what we want to talk about more interestingly what the people that have tuned in want to listen about so i'm going to start you off by saying do you want to just give us a few moments about you know your child your upbringing and i'm keen to understand why you have such a passion for design architecture and things like that
1: um well i was born down the road in coventry May 27th, 1970, so I've only just turned 50, so I'm 50 years young, I guess, uh, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Didn't have the best party, obviously. Yeah. Um, my father was an engineer, uh, car engineer at the, at the Standard. He used to build all the bays for the spray, the cars to be sprayed and all of that back in the day. Um, he... When we when we were very young, he bought a plot of land and built his own house in Compton, uh, and then went and restored another house just outside, in between country and Rugby. I guess so. I grew up with that, um, and I suppose it's followed me. It
0: followed me all the way through, really. Um, you know, just the, the creative things. Like my dad worked at uh, Land Rover and he painted the Land Rovers and things like that, so there's probably a bit of synergy with the creative side for that. Just tell, tell me about Javelin Block. Two things. Where, one, where did the name come from? And, and just the mindset of creating that.
1: So I spent, I spent eight years in the military,
0: mm. um, serving all over the world,
1: um, and Javelin Block was the barrack block in Cheltenham where I lived for four years. And, kind of turned from a, a a boy into a man, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And it was such an inspiring place, albeit a, a grey concrete um, block of not very much. Um, but the people that were in it at the time and, and some of the things that I'd experienced and done just has stuck with me. So that's where the name came from. Okay. Um, you know, some of the things that I did in there, particularly... You know, during the first Gulf War, which is very much this, when the start of the hearts and minds mentality of the British military came through. And that was, you know, you know that, that's caught, sort of carried on with me, I guess, throughout. And I suppose that's, you know, I've tried to, tried to, I tried to bring that into everyday, you know, my everyday
0: life and my business now. I think that uh, we've both got a, a mindset to helping military out and things like that. I, obviously, I spent 20 years in the fire service, came out of a disciplined industry into civilian street and realised that everybody doesn't do as they're told. And you kind of readapt and you, you, know, you, you come out. And I, and, and I was classed as an institutionalised lab rat once when I came out of a disciplined military service sort of mindset into the normal world. So how did you transition? How did you find that?
1: Um, not too bad, really. I, I, I think because I've done eight years rather than 20, 20, some odd years, I'm glad that I left when I did. Okay. I really experienced enough. Um, mm. You know, I mean, what, what you experienced, for sure, in any sort of combat, you know, uh, theatre, as it were, you, you know, if you can take the good things out of that, you can do anything in life, really, you know. Um, there's a lot of the young guys coming back from Afghanistan, if you've got that. Now, if they can, if they can take the positives out of what they've done and how they've reacted and how disciplined they have been throughout, yep. you, can, you can kind of, you can kind of apply that to to it. But I know it is very difficult, and you know, I know people that suffered. Um, I, you know, I, I lost a very close friend of mine to suicide when he came out of that. But you know, that's. You know that that's something that we uh,
0: we're starting to address and need to address, but that's a whole mm. different topic. <laughs> yeah, it is, and I mean, we can talk. Uh, I mean, let 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 us go back to to javelin block. What's the passion behind javelin block? What do you aim to do? Because you you you're constantly searching for old buildings with with character, probably nineteen twenties, yeah. nineteen thirties buildings, without roofs, where the goods have been ripped out and transforming them. Yeah, I mean. Birmingham is so underdeveloped from that point of view,
1: really. There are a handful of schemes that you can think about. And when you, look, when you go to other cities like Manchester and, and, you know, Leeds, Sheffield, you know, there are, there are some great examples of, of you know, of re- regeneration in areas and, and restoration and reanimation of buildings in Birmingham. Bar a couple of schemes, uh, uh, Mark Hargreaves, the architect did pre-me, mm. there aren't mm. any. Mm. And we have some amazing buildings there. You know, some of the, art, some of the engineers of the 30s, you know, the interwar era uh, were amazing. Um, yep. You can't build like that anymore. So why are we knocking the buildings down? I mean, you, you, look at, you go back and look at some of the old imagery of Snow Hill, what we've got now compared to what we had you know, somebody should have been locked up for knocking yeah. out. and out. And that's criminal. So for me, it was more, you know, coming out of the last recession and, and grabbing the ball by the horns and thinking, okay, some of these buildings are now going to be affordable and, and so we can actually do them in a way that, you know, we're going to give people <coughs> somewhere different mm. to live and, and a better quality of living um, while, mm. you know, being able to afford to do it. And, and that was... That was the key to it really that was the, the the buildings and the and the old engineers inspired me as a
0: as an individual and and, and it's where the company was born really people always say to me what would I visit birmingham what should i come to look at what should i do and i just say walk around looking up you know when you're walking around birmingham just look up look at the architecture look at the corner look at the you know the, the way way the buildings have been created and things like that you you have uh, a vision and it's he, and buy to live and I've seen that repeated a number of occasions and, and and I just find that really fascinating And I think people will be inspired by that if you can explain that for everybody
1: well, you know, I mean the the frustration for me is the you know the the the, the developing industry is and, and uh, uh, You know the housing industry is, is really about money and money only in the majority of it and you, you know, there's some of the schemes that are to be built in the city are atrocious, and people, yeah. you know, and and that's what and that's what people are given to live in, and they shouldn't they shouldn't be, and you know, people are a lot, a lot more design savvy these days. Social media, TV, you know, the media in general is telling you what's good and what's bad, and, and people, you know, but, but in Birmingham, like a lot of cities, they weren't the, people haven't had the choice. So what I wanted to do is give them the choice. If you want to live in an historic building where the walls <coughs> are yeah. rather than made out of sit panels and, and brick, brick tiles on the front of it with no detailing, you know, you can make that decision. Um, and, you know, we, that, that's what we did. And, you know, our schemes were, have been very well, well received because, you know, people have, got, people have got vision. They can see that. You know, we give, we're giving these people a shout you know, albeit a restored shell to go and furnish and do as they please when they get in there, really and yeah. and, that, and you know that, <coughs> we've, had, we've had people you know contact us from all over the place about living in one of these things and and I say to them, don't buy to buy to let it to let
0: don't do that, buy and live in it because
1: that's what yeah. that's what they'
0: for so what what's your mindset towards the the Birmingham because you're an absolute passionate advocate of the city? You know, you pulled in the likes of Steve Spielberg and things like that. I've sat and listened to you in panel, you know, discussions, and I and I and I see so a leader, I see somebody banging the table with so much vigour and passion for the city. What why is that? What what's attracted you to us and why are you you know you, you you definitely want to put Birmingham on the map? What's that drawing?
1: Yeah, I think <laughs>
0: But the opportunity in
1: Birmingham is yeah. so huge. It's so untapped. So many untapped areas. There's untapped buildings all over the place, and you know, you, when I when I started Javelin Block really ten years ago. It you know I've got a blank canvas, mm. and I, and what you know for me it was an opportunity to be able to use my creative nous to be able to resurrect these buildings and 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 make a difference really which hopefully people will look at and think, well, yeah, he, you, know, you know, he has, he saved some of these buildings and, he, and, and, you know, they're being put to use, not just residentially, but commercially, you know, which is just as important, if not more important than the residential. And being able to give local people the opportunity to be in these historic listed buildings, restored buildings, whatever. I think, it, for me, it was just the opportunity, Paul, and, and the huge scope that we have as the second city. Yeah. And, and, and often overlooked as a fourth <coughs> and fifth city. Yeah. But that shouldn't be the case.
0: There's a long way to go. Let's, let's I mean, there is a long way to go. We both agree with that. But I mean, the, the only thing that I'd probably try and correct you with is we're the first city as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, yeah,
0: yeah fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that no, kind of mindset. I mean, the, uh, I, I remember you talking and, and I was sitting listening to and you get frustrated by some of the empty buildings that's owned by people that are just looking to cash in at some point that you know you feel as if that almost that these buildings should be taken off people, you know, yeah. maybe the city should pay a minimum sort of money or a developer should be able to pay minimum money and we just almost seize it back, you know. That and that when you talked about that was quite interesting as well. Well, I think I think one of the ways of doing it is just charging building business rates
1: across the board and then they get these buildings occupied or redeveloped, or, or restored. One of those three. But you're not going to get it if you're not charging people business rates. Yeah. So charge it, full rates, whatever. That would change the dynamic of our city. And if people would go, oh my Lord, I'm not going to pay 50 grand a year business rates. Well, they'd put someone in there that would, that's got a business and do it. because, And that's, the big, that's where we fall down. One rule change would open the floodgates up so not just, not just us, but other people from other cities coming in and being able to take
0: buildings and use them. So uh, we need to get Andy Street, Ian Ward and everybody else into a corner, don't we? And just say, right, this is what we need to do. Um, well,
1: I think what they need to do is they need to reach out to some of the, some of the influential people and also the younger people of the city yeah. and, and, and offer them opportunity, which is, which is clearly there particularly with Birmingham's building, some of the the buildings that the city owns, Birmingham, Birmingham Property Services, they're holding the purse strings to the city and strangling it. And, you know, it, that's, that's where, that's where they, the, the council and that fall down. They should be opening those books and saying, right, we've got all these empty buildings here, here, and here. Let's get them working. How are we going to do that? They don't necessarily have to sell them but they have to provide people with, with opportunities to be able to do it. And as a city, Birmingham really isn't open to the young people, I don't think, whether it's nightlife, creative industries, or whatever it is. Be it like Bristol, Manchester, totally different, different places. Yeah. Open up to the young people. Let the young people make decisions, because it, you know, if you don't, the city will go backwards, you know. And I, and I think that's a, you know, that, that would be the key thing for me, to get hold of Andy Street, Ian Ward, and say, look, let, somebody, let the young people, give them the responsibility, because young people will change a city.
0: So I think we put these, uh, we draw up a list of candidates, a list of people, and we put them in a room, and me and you, we speak to them, and we see what we can do. Put them in front of a live audience. We'll take that one away from there. Now, um, you say that the city isn't for the younger people, but it needs to be because you know we're under thirty-five, we're the youngest city, we've got more entrepreneur hubs. It's happening here, more startups and things like that. So it's got to be considering the economic climate that we're in following post-COVID, or you know, in COVID, we've got to support. So if I put you in charge now, be it the metro mayor or head of the council and things like that, what's just happened over the last three, four months? What would you do? How would you handle that situation regarding space and supporting? Well, the know, first thing at... I'd do is, is, is have a list of all the empty buildings that the
1: city owns. Yeah. Right? And then get all the movers and shakers from the creative field and, and get them into those buildings. Get them working on on, on some rent, because some rent's yeah. better than no rent. Yeah. You know, and then, and then try and for and that's how you form communities. That's what we did with Jaffling Block in – the the lower end of the jury court, where there was nothing 10 years ago. There was, no, there was nothing there. And now mm. that's where people want to go to. Well, that's fine, but it's a minute mm. entity of what the city
0: own. There's loads of areas that are just so intact. Brilliant. Keep, you know? Yeah, brilliant. They're just moving on slightly, there's somebody called Steven Spielberg that a few people listening might, may or may not have heard of him. Now, he's been a guest of yours on a, on a few occasions. You brought him into Birmingham and, it, you know, and he's filmed in Birmingham. What, what was his mindset about Birmingham and how, and how did you get him on the hook to bring him in? What, what he wanted was, he
1: wanted a post-apocalyptic um, type of area that, you know, with some of the buildings that were, that were done, undone, and then could be all undone. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he, re- he, chose, he chose Water Street and Livery Street, which is where a lot of my things have been, um, just from a film, uh, j- just to film some scapes of some s- car chases. But that was the original thought. And then they walked away from it because they needed a studio. And somebody that I knew at Warner Brothers had said, hey, they're on about coming to Birmingham. And I, and I took them to my home office, the compound as you've, you've explained to people yeah, already. Yeah. And um, the, guy, the guy walked in and, and sort of said, well, okay, maybe this. And then, ne- then next thing I know, Spielberg had sent his um, his housekeeper from Los Angeles over to come and meet me. And then they re- then they realised that was where they were going to set up this hub and do the whole filming of the van for the Ready Player One inside that. And he was going to use it as his office screening room and what have you for eight nine days so once I was interviewed by security and then and then her and then subsequently him, and and they were like this is amazing and then I opened up some of the other areas that they hadn't thought about and what um you know some of the other buildings and then it just went from there and grew and then you know with obviously Cindy with the Birmingham Film Council being you know on the ball as she is she you know it all tied up and worked together and you know, it was an amazing
0: experience. Somebody you would never think you'd have in your front room. Yeah, there's no better than that. Either. So what, no. what's he like as a person? How did you find him? You know, has yeah, and...
1: been incredibly sort of humble um as an individual. You know, for me, he came to find me every morning, make sure everything was all right, had a cup of tea, introduced him to porridge. Um and he, and, it, and it, yeah, it was great. I mean, at the end of every night, what they'd film, we've got a screen room in the compound in the basement there. And uh, mm. he took me, you know, I sat there one night, myself and three Oscar winners, watching five minutes of filming that they'd done in the day. And, you know, he didn't have to do that.
0: No, but, no, but...
1: but, you know, I mean, and, and, and at the end, he came and thanked me and, um, and, and just sort of said, hey, look, we, this has been great for us.
0: Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, we get more of that kind of thing, really. I think uh, what I'm taking away is that he's a nice guy, he's a humble guy, because some people, you know, in those sort of positions don't tend to interact with people and things like that. So I'm no, delighted
1: that he's I mean, a nice he, guy.
0: he he, he really, he, he did
1: take an interest in what I was doing. And, I, I you know, I was mm. showing him some of the other projects that we were working mm. on at the time, like Comic Works. And he, yeah. He went through that and then one afternoon he called me over and he, and he got somebody on FaceTime in the afternoon and he was yeah. showing him the compound and how it was and then he put me on FaceTime and it was, um, it was George Lucas. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so George Lucas is building a similar thing that, to what we've done with the compound in just outside Los Angeles where he's actually yeah. moving to. Yeah. And uh, he was saying, oh, you should get this guy over to do that for you.
0: Stuff like that, it's quite interesting. (laughs) It it doesn't get it, it's surreal, isn't it, when he gets people like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. we'll we'll ask you at the end of this whether you know anything that that nobody else knows about him. So, we'll give you an opportunity to kind of subliminally think about that, and I'll come back to that. All right, so you 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 have an interest as well, you're quite renowned for your art, and you've got an eye for art, your interests, and things like that. You saw that Muriel that we created with a street artist. You know, uh, in Digberth and everything else like that, I sent you an email and that's gone mm. viral. Graffiti art, street art is really where, you know, a lot of interest in Birmingham. We're starting to put ourselves on the map with that. We're having a world festival coming to Birmingham. We're hosting that. But you know, quite an interesting, good street artist so I here, don't you? Yeah, some, something like that. <laughs> Are we going to say anything? I, just somebody I've collected for many
1: years, and you know that's uh, yeah, you know it's, yeah yeah somebody somebody I've somebody I bought from when he from when he started yeah. um,
0: to see and, and what have you has been pretty uh been pretty epic really. So we put everybody out of the misery of the, the the artists that we're talking about. Anybody have a really guess of them, who we're imagine. talking about? He painted uh, a mural. Yeah, exactly. Hannah, hundred percent Banksy. Well done. Love his work. Love the attention of what he does. And then coming into Birmingham, dipping into Birmingham every once in a while, is just incredible. It does help. He puts us on a map, and it, and it just takes us in a different direction. The amount of uh, interest that he got for that last piece was was incredible. So, what's yeah. he like? What's he like as a person? And appreciate you're not going to give any anything away and I wouldn't ask you to I haven't been in the same room as him since 2003 so I can't really answer that question but what was he like in 2003 (laughs) aloof was he and and so that character that he portrays is exactly him that's it okay and and how do we attract these type of people to come back into Birmingham well I mean
1: you you, he's a one-off so there aren't any, there isn't anyone like him anyway. Yeah. Cause he runs a whole yeah. different shit to everybody else. But what you, you know, you, you could quite easily here um, get a, a, an art festival, particularly of a street art festival where you could get murals and you could get like Digbeth is perfect for it, yeah. you know, to, to a point, um, you know, and, and get the right people over. But, you know, you, you want people like Shepherd Fairey, some of the big, huge buildings that we've got, um, you know, uh, that are on the edge of the Ring Road and stuff like that. We're just yeah, staring yeah. at very boring, monotonous buildings when the reality is, you know, I could get some of the best muralists in the world over here to paint all over the city. I could.
0: You know, and, and, and that.
1: But, but we've got to be open to that and we've got to be going, okay, well, let's let's put some, you know, Lots of the cities have it. We don't have... Yes, they paint around Digbeth on eight, nine-foot walls. Great. <clears throat> but, that's, but we can do a
0: whole lot better than that. I mean, we've, uh, we've been challenged by the Commonwealth Games. So, Gen 48, Josh, uh, Josh Billingham and me and a few others are better to try and put these together. So, there's a number of organisations that's coming together. So, if you want to get involved in that, we welcome you to, to do that. And it's, and it's in the, you know, the build-up to the Commonwealth Games representing the Commonwealth Games, representing the countries, representing what's happening and things like that. But anyway, back to you. I've been teasing you enough about your famous contacts and things like that. And I'm sure people will find that interesting. I've just, what what's, what's in the future for you? So let, let's fly. Now you're 50 years of age, so you're a senior statesman now, so you've atta- attained that sort of level. 25 yeah. years' time... You know, when you're still working, because I think you're that type of character, you're looking back, what will you have created for Birmingham? What will have happened and changed under your control? Um, Good question. I don't,
1: I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> really, I generally don't. I, I hope that, you know, I'm pretty sure most of the buildings that we've restored and, and what have you will still be there, and there'll be... Yeah some kind of legacy, if that's what you want to call it, with that. But For me, it's more about what we do with other people subconsciously. You know, we get a lot of emails and people saying, hey, love what you do, you know, where can I get this from, where can I get that, how do we do that? And, you know, most of the stuff that we do is is made locally, nearly all of it, all the, anyone that's making it, whether it's a metal balustrade or anything, or even something like this. These, these guys make the door handles for, for the new project. I mean, look at those. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, made, they're made in Hockley. And, you know, I mean, look, is that the best looking toilet brush you've ever seen? <laughs> Incredible. You know, so it's, Incredible but it's people quality. like I hope that what, you know, what we're doing, my metalwork guy that was going out of business when I first met him 10 years ago now employs three or four people and he's, and he's, and he's so busy. And that's hopefully what, what we can leave and what and what goes forward leave a, a success a, you know succession of successful businesses and buildings that will yes we'll have our name on them or we'll have had our name because we've done them but are still there you know
0: okay so it, it, look, looking at the city the, the, the city's changing HS2's coming the axis of the city I would say is around Colmore Road. with HS2 coming into the city the axis of the city is going to move it's it's going to swing towards, you know, down there Curzon Street and by BCU and things like that. How is that going to affect the city? How is the you know the, the congestion or the sorry the emissions and uh, and moving vehicles out of the city going to affect the city and things like that? As a planner, as a designer, and an architectural sort of genius, what what what's the opportunities with that? Well, we've got, first and foremost, we've got an opportunity
1: to create some more green space and some more, and some more cycle paths and stuff like that around that area. Because there's lots of open space down mm-hmm. there, particularly by the canals and what have you. They need to open those up, but they need to make the city connectable via, via cycling paths, which is what is, ha- is slowly happening. But really, and, and you know, focus on the, bu- the buildings that matter and focus on people. Because without people, you've got nothing. You take Amsterdam, for instance. You know, every building there is scrutinised to a point that, and, and the whole of that city works so well. When you, if you look at it on paper, it would be a nightmare. But actually, it works. Mm. You, we have got no excuse for our city not to work, for this, to take vehicles out, to do whatever, whatever is necessary. But there's no excuse. We've got a blank canvas. So the people that are, are looking at it need to really look at it
0: Closely and follow the lead of some of these other cities. I think that, uh, so we've got more waterways than Venice is that old catchphrase. And, I, and I'm yet to have that anybody to prove that or disprove it. So the, we've got 22 miles of waterways. The Commonwealth Games are going to use that as the main routes and thoroughfares from the, uh, the different venues. So yeah. you'll be able to go from Gas Street Basin and all the way down to Alexander Stadium. Clearly, 100 yards either side of the mailbox, it looks beautiful go any further than that, and it's pretty torrid and it's pretty you know, pretty rough, disgusting. All of that's going to be cleaned up, but we're, we're challenging the council. It's got to be illuminated, and, and you know the, the surfaces have got to be there. Just because you know there's a path, pedestrians and bikes don't always get on and things like that, so it's got to be developed. Andy Street seems to be keen on this, but I don't know whether that's just, just an election point and whether it's something we want to hear or whether it's going to really happen. So I was sitting there and I was just saying, we've got to hand it over to the people. We've got to hand it over to a bit of a task force that's got, you know, governmental or council sort of rights powers and start cleaning this up. What what do you think, you know, what are your thoughts around you know what we do and how we do things? Walkways, canals, waterways, Birmingham was built on waterways. How do we incorporate that into the future? I think
1: you know particularly after what's been what's happened recently with COVID and, and what have you the you know Walkways and cycle paths are going to be more are going to be more and more sought after you know people want it, people You know once they realize that walking walking two miles to work rather than Getting getting in a car is a better option. Why, why wouldn't you? You know, why, yeah. why wouldn't you go? Why wouldn't you walk from Harbour into the city every day? If that's, what, if that's what you do. And I, I just think it's vital.
0: Well, I, I think there's the, a the job to do to make it safe, illuminated and, and just comfortable, isn't it? Yeah. So there, there is some work to do there. i tell you what I found really interesting is the, the, the impact of the Commonwealth Games on, on the city. So we're going to be on, you know, the, the, the epicentre of the universe for albeit a few weeks and things like that. But after that, so if you had a hand in involvement in the building of the Commonwealth Games, what would the legacy be for the city? And I'm not just talking about sporting arenas. What would you try and incorporate in that? Well, public art, I think, is, is something we're lacking
1: and certainly okay. isn't promoted regardless of what art we have around the city. No one really takes that much interest in it. I think it's trying to encourage, you know, everybody to take note what's there. And I think you're right, the stadiums are what they are and this, that and the other but it's also what happens around the Commonwealth Games. That's the most important thing. How do we incorporate, you know, some of some of what's going on in some of the, you know, the, the creative areas within, within the Commonwealth Games? So how do we make sure that people go to the Icon Gallery? Where do, why, uh, You know, they, they've also got to go and experience things like Digbeth Dining and things like that. And these should all be, you know, and I hope that the city does grab hold of, people like that, or whether it's some of, the, some of the pubs, like, you know, the Hair and Hands at King's Heath. Pull those individuals in and let, let them have a little space there or whatever it might be. I don't know if I'm not I'm not privy to what's happening up there, but I would gather all the local, you know, all the people that have made the city work over the last 20 years, you know, and give them a space there. Don't charge them, just put them up there. Let people know that they're from Birmingham, you know.
0: I t- I, I, and I tell you what I uh, so Birmingham's reputation is canals, waterways. We get that. We're, we're, the, we're the reputation of a thousand trades. We get that. All of that's been worn out. But actually, you know, you want to sit there and you you want to go almost create like the ten wonders of Birmingham. So when people come to Birmingham, all of these people are going to come from across the Commonwealth, and they go, "What do I need to do?" Obviously, I commented about walk around, look up you know, that sort of stuff, because Birmingham people walk up with their heads held up by anyway. Don't know whether that's the architecture or just our positive nature. But if we were going to create the, you know, the 10 wonders of Birmingham and talk about the 10 wonders of Birmingham, what are they? What would you think? And well, I, I don't
1: think you look at it that way. I think what you look at is trying to give Birmingham an identity, because I don't think it's got one. Okay. And I think I think that's what... that's. You know, that's really what needs looking at. What is the identity of this city? How is it portrayed, you know, everywhere else? How, how do they look at it? And, 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 and how, how can we attract those other things there? If you go right back to you talking about the filming, you know, we talked about, you know, you, you talk about like states like Michigan, where they just opened up and went, you know what, you, you get a tax break if you film in Michigan. Now, I know we don't have separate tax... Um, jurisdictions in this country but what we do have is authorities that can say do you know what you can use that car park, and we're not going to charge you for it or yeah. we can make it very easy to get passes around the, around the city because trying to film in London at the minute is, is impossible so why don't we say well you don't have to film in London you can come to Birmingham but that's just not filming that's everything else if yeah. we make things easier for the creative industries to come businesses will follow you know and then businesses will open up and people will be
0: inspired now we're going to go to some of the uh, some of the questions so we've got amy do you, all of your projects centered around a main theme be it physical or impactfully if you could summarize all of your pro- pro- projects what would you say what uh what is javelin blocks identity i think we've done the identity but do you have the, all of your buildings around a central theme? Well, the, the, the first,
1: the, the, the main theme is to give the buildings their integrity back. Mm. That's 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 how we start. So if that's re- if that's putting things back in that were taken out yeah. or stripping things out that shouldn't be in, that's the basis of it. You know the, you know it's not rocket science. It really is. If you pick the right building that was that was
0: engineered by the right engineers, you, 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 your building's already there. Fascinating. Now, you spent some time in America. What mm. was you doing in America and, and what did you take from America? I, I wanna, my daughter lives there. Oh, okay. In right. So, yeah. So, um, yeah,
1: a lot of it, I mean, you can say, you know, places like Soho in New York, if you look back at them during, in the 80s, you know, I've visited there ever since I was a kid. So you, you you look at Soho there, and you walk into a, You walked into a loft in 1984 in Soho, and then you walked in. You walked into the same loft now. Apart from the kitchen appliances, the the bones of that apartment would be would be as good as they were then. And that's kind of my inspiration that I took really to some of these buildings, like the Riflemaker Building, Viceroy House. You know, yeah. all of those buildings that I've done around the Jewelry Quarter. They are. Um, you know they you know the the principles of the New York loft, it remains the same, remains within them, but like I say to people, actually they're Birmingham lofts, they're not New York lofts because some yeah. of these buildings are, are old that I'm doing are older than the ones in New York. So the reality is, the loft
0: apartment, if someone would have done it in Birmingham, would have not been New York lofts, It' have been Birmingham lofts. <laughs> yeah, love uh, Paul Gretton's made a, a comment question. What projects are you working on at the moment? Um, and as there is a lot of soulless tower blocks going on, what's your opinion of those? So What projects are you working on at the moment? We're
1: working on, at the moment, we're working on Derwent House, the Grade two listed building. Most of you will know it. It's the, um, it's the building that stretches from Water Street all the way up Li- Livery Street to, to, to Mary Street at the top, Mary Ann Street. So it just sits right at the, very, at the very top, and it goes all the way up Livery Street. So we, the, the company that were in there, um, they, we basically consolidated them into two buildings. And then we are, they're then building a purpose built building just outside going towards West Brom because the okay. buildings that they're in, amazing as they are, were no longer fit for purpose. They can't get these bigger lorries in to get the components out. So I sat with a family that I've known since I've been working down in that area, and they said, "Look, we're ready." Um, they got messed around by a load of developers' usual stuff, and then we we're, we're restoring the um, that. Well, we're restoring the facade because obviously it's Grade Two listed, so it's a real yeah. it's a beast of a building, but amazing from a an aesthetic point of view. It's got those huge windows,
0: you know, six meter. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about.
1: So that, that's my main my focus at the moment and then and then i'm restoring a a derelict hell's angels farm in oxfordshire for myself
0: (laughs) oh right so you you might be moving out of the city
1: no no it's i mean it's a it's a working farm but it's it's kind of my it's a bit it's fun
0: doing it you know okay and then i'm not going to ask you about the soulless new tower blocks that are going up we all we all have the same opinion that but i will ask you though is our mindset now has, has got to change since we've been in COVID, you know all the issues and that sort of stuff i spent two months in my house i've got a garden i can go out how can you spend two months in an apartment without even a balcony you know with a, a, a little gap in a window like that times are going to change aren't they well,
1: needs. i mean i you know I didn't foresee COVID far from it, but the, yeah. but Derwent house, what we've done is created a load of small winter gardens within each apartment. So there's, there's, there's outdoor space that's confined within the original old windows, which you're never going to get, um, to, to stack up from a, um, uh, a building regs point of view, but obviously okay. we wanted to leave them. So we've set another set of windows back from it, which will do that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I, that's why I talk about green space you've got to give those those people that have either been boiler sold these apartments in Singapore in a holiday inn and don't know what they're <laughs> buying type of thing which is going to happen
0: yeah
1: yeah um, you know or people that are already in them that, that want some space and I think that's really important roof decks as well you know the council have got to be open to being able to open roofs in a way that they can be
0: used uh, I love the idea of the bees in, you know, the jewellery quarter and jewellery quarter honey and things like that. Absolutely. You can go around, you get bread that's baked in the jewellery quarter and you get honey and things like that. Question from David um, do? You, what do you find is the biggest challenge of any of the projects in regards to modern living standards? I think it's your mindset, your design mind versus... You know, building rigs and things like that. Well, the biggest, the biggest
1: challenge is how long it takes to go through planning. Okay. That's the biggest challenge. the The building regs point of view, I mean, I, I generally don't have a problem with, with any of the building regs. I think they're there for they're there for a reason. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, you some of the building regs officers. You know, most of the ones that that I've used have been very very good, and you know, they are you know, providing they've got some common sense, particularly with the with the older buildings, mm-hmm. you need a building regs officer that's got common sense when you're dealing with a listed building because there are elements that English Heritage say you can't get rid of, yet, you know, the building regs officer well, you can't really have that. You know, that handrail's too low or too high, you know, but you, you don't want to leave. It's been there 100 years, so it's got to stay, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, there, there needs to be a bit of that, but main.
0: The building breaks, particularly after film and stuff like that. I, I have no issue with that, any of that. Good, okay. Um, Paul Gretton, do you find it difficult to find young people with the right skill set? Uh, and I know that you were uh, Kevin Kevin Sings, quite a good friend of yours from BCU, isn't he? You do quite a bit with BCU and things like that. But do you find yeah. it difficult to find the right people with the right skill set these days?
1: Very. I think you know, um, trying to find young local people that want to get their hands dirty, as it were, you know, in those trades is, I think that that's an issue worldwide, really. I don't, I, I generally do, I think that that's been, that's been overlooked um, with the use of what we're doing now. You know, With the use of iPads and what have you, it's, you know, now if we're putting a steel frame within a building, it gets drawn up on a computer and somebody presses a button and the steel frame comes out at the end of a factory. So there is, there is that, but you can't, you know, and I'm sure these, these are made the same, you know, using turning machines and what have you, but there are, the fact that you've got to have somebody fit that and put that in is, is, a, is yeah. you know, there are, there are dying trades and, and yes, absolutely, I do find it difficult, yeah.
0: So there's, um, and I'm mindful of the time and things like that. So it's two questions. One's the last one. He's going to be Steven Spielberg. Tell us something that we don't know about him. But the, the the last but one, if any building in the city you could take hold of and do anything you like with, right, any building in the city, new or old or anything like that, what have you got your eye on and what would you do with this? Yeah. God. Cause I can imagine you walking around the city, saying, "I know what I'd do with that," and I, and that would definitely fit that, and so on and so on.
1: There, there, there are absolutely loads. I thought so. There, there are absolute, There, there are so many. There's an old, there's an old one on Cliveland Street down in the Gun Quarter. Yeah. And it's just been bastardised by the owners over the years, and they don't care, and and what have you, and they they gradually stop using a floor every so often because there's too many pigeons in it until they they'll end up on the ground floor, but that building there could just be amazing but and what would and what would you do with it? Uh, what would I do with it I, I you could do so much with it you, there i mean there, there are like, i mean one one of the ones which really boils my brain every time I see it is the ones that the College of Food own on the corner of um, of uh, where just if you go, if you where the bombsite car park is in the Jewellery Court, when you cross the bridge or come on the subway, there's a yeah. set of buildings on the opposite side that sit on the corner there on Ludgate Hill yeah. um, and Lionel Street. Those, those are the buildings there that are amazing. They, they, they would be fantastic. I had a, I had a hotelier that was going to work with me on that. And the mm. College of Food said, yeah, yeah, make us an offer and we'll do something. Because they need restoring. That was seven or eight years ago, and you know it just nothing. doesn't happen, does it? No, I they don't. That, they, they won't do it, and and they and they just remain empty. And you know now people have been breaking into them. You know there was a fire in one a couple of years ago. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah. I think that um, we will certainly challenge them with things like that. Anna Floyd, the Central Methodist Hall, which is at the bottom of uh, Corporation Street yeah you know which one i mean opposite the law courts so the the, the old is hall amazing That's, that for me is the number one building in birmingham um incredible. and i I've, I've been around it for donkey's years when it used to be a scout shop in the in like the 70s and all the way up to like kind of clubs and everything else like that it's an incredible building what would you do with that well it needs to be a hotel really yeah yeah and
1: it, that, that needs to be a hotel. And I've looked at that with people. The problem is making it stack up. Mm. You know, are, are we as a city, are we? It was a bit like when they did the St. Pancras Hotel, at, you know, down by King's Cross. Yeah. You know, that was bordering on the getting knocked down, not, not happening. But they managed to just make it work. W- whether it runs profitably, I don't know. But the same problem is with, with, with that building. Because I've looked at it. With, now,
0: with some I'm, with some big, with some, with hedge funds. I mean, the, the main point is now, the axis of Birmingham is going to shift that way anyway, isn't it? So it's literally across the road from HS2. So. Let's hope maybe, so. You don't know that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, that kind of thing. Maybe a university can pick it up or something else like that. Now, I'm mindful of yeah. your time, Stuart, and how busy you are. Is there anything you can tell us about Steven Spielberg? If you haven't got anything, just make it up. Say it with confidence no, we no believe what? you. You know what? He's
1: at. He's actually cooler than you think.
0: (laughs) Okay. He's got. He
1: wears some good trainers. Yeah. And and he's and he's got and he and he doesn't buy cheap
0: jeans. You know what I mean? He's he's quite cool. Now that's interesting. And I tell you, I imagine that many many people that were listening today would like to pick up your phone and just go through your address book, your contacts, and see who's in there and things like (laughs) that. But I'm just looking at the time now. And listen. We wanted to get hold of you for a while and things like that. We bump into each other occasionally, and I've got to say I've spoken to quite a few people. Find these fascinating the things that you talk about, your passion, your mindset, your aspirations for the city. It's quite infectious. Um, I've really enjoyed today, and I know the number of people have enjoyed today. There's lots of thank yous and things like that. So Stuart, it just me. You know, it's for me to say thanks very much on behalf of downtown and business for your time today. Hopefully you'll sit and do a round table dinner with some of our members at some point and we'll just carry yeah, on talking sure, yeah. about some of the stuff that you do and then maybe we'll get you on film one day you know we've seen some of the stuff that you've done on film and that's even as creative as your buildings they'd so like to get involved with us just want to say genuinely thank you very much for your time all right thank you thank you cheers bye. thank you okay. bye